Hey, Scott. Mr. Laflam, how you doing, sir? Sorry, last night was uh, it was a wild night of uh, banging my head against the wall because of the triggered production, but everything everything's okay. It's just it was really a long night of me fixing everything. We uh, oh, we're recording right now. Is that and okay? This, that's fine. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll yeah. let people hear my turmoil. Um, we um, uh, we had a an executive uh, write up a budget for yeah. the pilot and um we pretty much wasted one of our producers went out and did it on his own just to be proactive yeah. and they the guy came back to him with a budget that was five million bucks for the pilot and trust me when i say i wrote everything to be hyper efficient in the production yeah of course like I wrote, that's I wrote your background sure Sure. I wrote everything to be like apartment inside a car, inside an office, inside a house. There's no lightsaber battle on a volcano. Right. And mm -hmm. when I saw that $5 million budget, then it was 63 pages, which I think was his intention was most of these budgets are that long, but like at 63 pages, they won't see that I copy and pasted this budget from an HBO series two years ago, and I can just put in the title, and it's it's pretty much what he did. And now we're suing him for mis uh, for uh, we're trying to acquire something from him, but he misrepresented the material. Oh damn! And our and our producer's a lawyer, so he's not the one to be kind of fucked with in this situation. So he, yeah, uh, he's now really angry and going after this guy and um so that's cool what a wrench in the whole uh... oh no it's it, everything's still totally like on everything's flowing nothing is slowed yeah. down at all it's just this one producer he's so nice and wanted to be proactive while another one of our producers who works on the show will trent which is this uh procedural police show um yeah. they're 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 rushing to shoot that and one of our executive producers works for that show and she found out that, that this had happened and it was just a kind of a calamity, but it all, it's all good now. Everybody was doing what they were doing for just to be proactive. And sometimes you have to pause, especially over the, the holidays, you know, sometimes moving forward is impossible in the moment. So we learned and our nothing, lesson. nothing like 24 hours of panic to really put some life back into you. Yeah, no, no, we're all we're all huggy now, and we're all yeah, like embracing and trying to protect each other. So it's it's all good. Yeah, I had an interesting day too. I took the uh, the bus from Punta Cana to Santa Domingo, and Joel, I am not in Kansas anymore, but we got off that bus, and it was fucking sketchy as hell. Like instantly, uh, Taylor's. You know, blonde hair and white face is just like drawing all sorts of attention. We've got like all of our food and like luggage and shit. And like these guys kind of sort of surround us and just keep her saying they're like, they're like money, 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 money. We're like, I don't we need a cab like <laughs> this taxi. This taxi literally saw us. He did a U-turn in the middle of the road. He booted his fare out and was like, hey, 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 hey. Like, you guys need to be in this cab right now. We didn't even know, but I guess 
it was like a really sketchy area, like Santa Domingo, it's three and a half million people. Right. And it's an impoverished country. So you can get into some like sketchy parts. Um, but he got us to our Airbnb and it's beautiful here. And we're, uh, about a 10 minute ride from the baseball stadium. So, uh, Going to go see the Lycee Tigers and the Giants tomorrow. The Giants, by the way, I don't know if you knew this, Fernando Tatis Jr. is literally playing on that team. And Fernando Tatis Sr. is the manager. <laughs> That's just so insane. Isn't I, that I love so it. cool? Yeah, you, you go down there and you watch baseball played for the love of it, right? Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's these guys want to play baseball all the time. And, um, they get it's it kind of uh, harkens back to uh, like Babe Ruth barnstorming a hundred years ago, and yeah, uh, yeah, and the the, the guys uh, who ran Major League Baseball at that point were like, "We're gonna suspend you if you barnstorm." So he'd like put a mustache on. Yeah, exactly. That doesn't hide the fact that you're Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth, and uh, man, so that's like that's that's all I can think too is like. Holy shit, do these guys love baseball? Like, can you imagine? Like, literally, literally, dude. Um, Cattell Marte is playing on the other Santa Domingo team. So we're going to see him in a few days. But, uh, like, he went to game, what, six of the World Series? Five. Game five of the World Series. And then goes home and just starts playing baseball. Like he had no yeah. off season. He literally got uh, on a plane at the beginning of November, flew to the Dominican Republic, and just kept playing. Crazy. And, like, like Acuna hit a home run the day he won the MVP. Yeah. Like, right? He won the MVP deep into November, early December, whatever it was. And mm. he's playing and hits a home run that day. And you see him hit that home run, and you're like, do you have more? Where do you have more fun hitting home runs? You know, like, because you can't it's tell. Wild. They imp yeah. it like it's the greatest thing in the world, and it, it it absolutely is to them, right? And it just shows you that the, uh, you know, some of these players would be doing it for, for nothing, you know. I'm so excited to see the atmosphere in these Dominican stadiums, dude. Like, I've been reading about it and watching clips and stuff, but, like, until you're actually there and get to feel the atmosphere, I don't think that it truly translates, and it's it's going to be pretty cool. And, like, dude, there's so many, like, old dudes. Like, Robinson Cano is still playing here, you know? Like, this, you know, like, all these, like, 43-year-old ex-major leaguers that have retired are like, fuck, I can still play in the Dominican League. Like, <laughs> yeah. and, and then go play over in the uh, Saudi League. Yeah. Right. So that's, you know, there's international baseball is really sprouting up. And um, I, I I love that they're, these players are allowed. There's nothing in the collective bargaining agreement that says, hey, you can't go play and more baseball. And like all the complaints that you get from the WBC, like, oh, no, these players are going to get hurt. Or, uh, yeah. It's like a lot of these guys just go play another season. And they don't mm-hmm. take it any easier in that other season. They're out there giving it all they've got. So it's just like, I don't know, more baseball, more people watching It's so baseball. fucking romantic, dude. Like, seriously, like, come on. 
they're just a bunch of kids at heart that just are like traveling around the world finding diamonds to play on it's ridiculous it's like think about that like they're these these millionaire men that just are like yeah but where can i play the next game yeah and it's like every other athlete goes and plays golf in the off season and baseball players yeah. just go play more baseball they're like we don't yeah. need to escape our sport we love it <laughs> i'm oh, not gonna get man. kicked off. All right, my friend, let's uh, let's get into around the horn here. I know I was reading your your text there and you were saying that we need to write the scene for when the press conference is and Brooke is announced as the general manager and Jake is announced as the manager, right? Is that the press conference you were talking about in your text or Atkins's press conference or both? Okay. Okay. That was the one I was talking about in my text, but also was that Atkins press conference, man, the reaction from the fan base made me laugh so hard. It's like if people went into that press conference thinking they were going to like Ross Atkins more afterwards, I think like, I was just like, this is eight years of a robot being a robot. We know he goes up there. He says words that mean nothing. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's that. I couldn't put it better. I couldn't put it better. Um, I, you know, I'm, I've always been rather tough on Shapiro and Atkins. Um, Mm -hmm. And now that we're in this point where kind of other people are, are are having a similar opinion of the two, I'm uh, now you're uh, pushing back again. (laughs) No, I'm not pushing back again. I'm just like, I'm, you know, their contracts are up in at uh, end of 25 and 26. Is that correct? Yeah. I think it's, uh, yeah, I think they're on year two of a five-year renewal there that they did in 2022. Yeah. And, right, so they're they're really on the hot seat. Um, they, they had this team that we all thought was a big window opener about, you know, in 2021. We thought that that window was going to be open for a decade. And now spending money has, has seemingly closed it a little bit every year it's gotten mm-hmm. a little bit like you put a hundred million dollars onto that team and that should have opened that window a little bit more and maybe extended how long that window is open for and and now we're in this place where the fans the optimism has turned into third place joel fourth. can i ask you a question about the money for a second mm-hmm. do you think the 150 million on george springer was the wrong guy I've, I've, yeah, center fielder 32. And this is um, hindsight, by the way, because like, man, I was so on board with George Springer when they signed him. Like I, but like looking at this contract now, I'm like, man, like he has not panned out almost at all. Yeah. And like so he just much couldn't stay healthy that- those first two years. Right. And then last year they did, they moved mountains, Joel, to get him yes. out of center field. Yes. Not only did they move mountains, they made sure that he would never even have to fill in, right? I mean, between Kiermaier and Varsho, like Springer's not playing a day in center. No. No. And, and then, um, yeah. But you shipped out your corner outfielders who could break. And you went from a team that could potentially slot your outfielders in any of the top five spots, depending on injury in, in your lineup. You know, I, I know that's a little bit of a, 
like you're gonna have Lourdes hit two, and I'm like, I'd have Lourdes hit two, and if we're, you know, bows down, and you need somebody to come up, and, and yeah, it's like for a game, like, for yeah, a game, Teo, sure, exactly. Teo hits four, um, Springer hits one. I always wanted Springer in those first few years to hit four, which yeah. never really materialized. Um, now we're seeing the power decrease, and you're wondering you, you, now: Can you put him to four? Four doesn't make any more sense now because he's not the guy that he was two years ago when four made sense. I mean, unless he comes in in April and and starts the year off with eight dingers, and you're like, oh shit, maybe he found a power stroke along the the off season here. Like I, he's only like he is 34, so like I'm not completely writing the dude off, and I do know what a talent he is. But man, like you just bringing up the money there, like. I didn't really know how to put it into words until you said it and it's right there. And it's like, yeah, man, like once they started spending money, it's felt like a lot of treading water. Like they're, they're getting into the playoffs. Like I, I, it, I know how hard it is to make the playoffs in baseball. I've watched this sport my whole freaking life. So, you know, you start counting how many playoffs the Jays have under their belt in general. And it's insane that this front office holds like 50% of them. <laughs> well, now they've done nothing with them, but. Uh. The, the other thing was, I, I, I the thing with Moreno, Teo and, and Lourdes leaving was that it turned out that those were our three best hitters against lefties. Yeah. And they're incredibly yeah. good at smashing lefties. Like uh, Gabby, I think hit 360 against lefties last year. Teo yeah. has something close to a thousand career OPS against lefties, and uh, I think Lourdes is about eight sixty, eight seventy OPS against lefties. Three guys who just went that thirty percent of the time rolls around, and you got a lefty on the mound. These guys, your team is better, and they were relatively healthy dudes, Joel. Like it, you know, like I'm not saying Lourdes never had some injuries and Teo never had some injuries, but for the most part, you could kind of count on them for 130 games a year. And, you know, you look at what the replacement was for him last year with Brandon belt, who literally turned out about as well as you could have possibly hoped for numbers wise. And we even saw his power stroke coming around in August, September. He was obviously injured in, in April, but you're just like, we moved the sort of power to have that lefty bat to do pretty much the same thing, like and and not be, be able to run. a lot, yeah, and be not be able to field, yeah, not be dependable in the lineup. See, there's something that I've I, I brought up before, and I like Brandon Bell, by the way. I, I like, do I'm not even, yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm not hating on Brandon Bell, but it's just at 34, you looked at a guy who couldn't take four athletic strides without his hamstrings exploding. Like that's pretty much where Brandon Belt is at this point of his career is and three to it's four funny because crowd. No, you're nailing it, dude. Like when when Joel or uh, sorry, Joel, when Adam and I did mailbag yesterday, we were answering a bunch of, of questions from yours and my episode on Saturday. And one of the things that we did was like go down all the DH options and we literally compared so many of them to Brandon Belt. And one of the comments was you guys compared everyone to Brandon Belt, but you never talked about bringing Brandon Belt back. And I'm just like, honestly, man, it's the, it's the, he's a, we've got Alejandro Kirk. You can only have one of those, you can only have one of those guys, man. Like before you're like, you, you know, like I remember scenarios last year where Brandon Belt's on first and Kirk is on second 
and you're like, if we don't hit a dinger, we need there's an out. five hits. There's an out. We need, yeah, we, yeah, we need five <laughs> hits to score these guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's um, right. We, we shifted age. We went to age. We went to veteran leadership. We went to experience. Uh, we, we brought in Chapman, Bassett, Gosman, Kikuchi, Belt, Kiermeyer, and Gosman worked, Bassett worked. But when you're running out a 33-year-old center fielder in Kiermaier, and you look at his career, and on average, he plays about 70% of the games. Belt last mm -hmm. year played about 50% of the games. When you look at their OPS, you have to factor in the replacement player for those remainder of games that they did not play. So if you play 120... And Santiago Espinal's replacement freaking OPS was not very good. <laughs> exactly. And when you're looking at the bench to see what's coming in to replace those guys, and you're like, uh, you know, um, Biggio is getting spots for Varsho at the end of the year because of strictly more offensive production, right? And it wasn't that yeah. much more, but we needed more somewhere. And it's, it's a spot where if you, like I said, if you play... 90 games, but you have an 850 OPS. That replacement comes in, who's got a 700 OPS. Put those two things together, and your 162 game average of OPS is closer to 770, 780. Because you have to, that's what I love. Uh, Bo had his little bit of an injury stint last year, but when you looked at the end, when you look at his numbers, it's like his 159, 160 games played meant that his OPS was his 162 game OPS. Yeah. Right, like that's the diff. Your your OPS over 162 games. You've just removed the missing games, add in a replacement level player, and then you look at that guy, and you mm -hmm. look at that person. You go, you know, his his OP because we, we were we become addicted to looking at war and OPS. We become addicted yes. to them, and we stop looking at counting stats. We stop looking at runs, RBIs, hits, and all the things that play out over the course of the season. And you're like, well, yeah, his OPS is uh, 770. Yeah, Adam Duvall also led the league in RBIs with that 770 <laughs> OPS. So it's just like, you know, it's it's you have to understand what yeah. those numbers are actually producing, especially on the team that they're producing them for. And it's, it's so much more complicated than just being like, that's an 840 OPS guy. He's only on the field 50% of the time, so it's more like 750. Oh, because so, of the... The, the, and the platoon you're putting these guys in with, it's 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 such a forgotten factor. It's such an important factor, you know? Like, yeah, Brandon Belt was great. Who was Brandon Belt's replacement when he couldn't go? I think <laughs> like a long was string of dudes, but, like, <laughs> none of them even touch what yeah. Brandon Belt was doing, right? Like, and that was the thing is, Vigio was probably the most apparent replacement there but Vigio was he was being played a lot so he wasn't always available as the replacement and then you start to go down the bench and you're like ah see I I, I saw the episode where you were talking about the Vladdy move to third right yeah and and the reason like now you can put it down as I I sent you guys a big text yesterday about it but I was saying no that, and I loved it I loved it yeah I was saying that like yeah. you could move him to third for like 80 to 90 games. Okay. And and that man did that ever I like that idea so much more than 160. Yeah, yeah, don't expect third. him to be a starting third baseman this year. Give him yeah. an give him an 
appropriate amount of time. Um, I, I said the way that you would do it is if you had a righty on the mound for the opposing team, you're putting Dalton Varsho in your lineup, you're putting Kiermaier in your lineup, you're putting Kevin Biggio in your lineup. So you're getting your lefties out there. So yes. when maybe a lefty is on the mound, maybe that's the game where um, a, a Kevin gets the start over at third. And to Kevin's credit, last year, he looked great at third. Mm-hmm. Out of nowhere. Magically, out of nowhere. He, made the, he made the best play at third base all year when he took that uh, one hopper, went for the yeah. tag, and then made the throw on that double play. And I was like, that's that's Chapman. It Chapman felt that play. It, it, it felt season-saving, too. Like, it was such a big moment. Like, yeah. It did. And, yeah. and so – I, I have a little bit – do I think that he's gold glove third baseman? No, but do I think that he's got it in him to be league average at third base? Sure. And then you've got a type of platoon situation where I was – this was kind of uh, dependent on going and getting a guy like Reese Hoskins, okay? Because yeah. I'm – I don't know what kind of stab we're going to make for Cody. I don't know what kind of stab mm-hmm. we're going to make for J.D. Martinez. Obviously – um, I heard the the other message about go get Turner for third base, go get Bellinger for the outfield, go get um, JD Martinez to be our DH. I I would like one of those things to happen. I think yes. that's what, what you guys had mentioned. I'd like one of those things to happen. All three of those things are, are it feels like a pipe dream. Even two of them feels like a pipe dream yeah. right now. And so, but Reese Hoskins isn't really talked about too much. That's a, that's a one-year deal type thing. That's he's mm-hmm. coming off. He needs to prove himself. We have a great and history. And he could be, yeah, like he could really be a, a 30 home run guy that just yes. is just there for $15 million in one year. If you can pull that off, fuck, pay him 20. <laughs> it's the, that's, see, I don't care about that one bit when it comes to overpays on a one-year deal. On a one-year really deal, just, me neither. Just yeah. don't care. And um, we've, had, like I said, we've had experience. We've had great returns from players on one-year deals. Um, even Kiermaier Belt, um, um, Simeon, Ray. We've had good experience with guys about yeah. 30 yeah, who are wanting a one-year deal so they can potentially – but it's a prove-it deal, right? And those mm-hmm. prove-it deals are are not just prove-it for Toronto Blue Jays. It's prove-it for the entire league. You go out hit 35 home runs, and you're signing – a hundred million dollar deal next year because you're only 31 and somebody needs a slugger. So I think that something like that really plays out for the, you don't have to put the big long-term risk into something. And that allows you to literally make a platoon situation where you start those lefties against a righty pitcher. And then when a lefty is on the mound, Reese Hoskins comes into first base, Vladdy goes over to third and you start with the games where you play against lefties and those are the games that Vladdy would play third base. That's 30% of your I, games. I like that. I like that a lot. Man, you know what is one thing I didn't see happening at the beginning of uh, the offseason? Was Matt Chapman's free agency becoming like the most interesting thing in my life? Like, I'm just like, I'm kind of at the point now where I'm like, dear Lord. Like, I think the market for Matt Chapman, the bottom may have fallen out of it when it comes to term. I don't know if there's a listen, Scott Boris can sit around and tell everyone how he's worth $150 million in seven years. And that's the bare minimum. And that's all he's going to get. But dude, we both know if there's not a buyer, there's not a buyer, right? Like 
obviously there's plenty of teams who would pony up money for Matt Chapman on a three, four year deal. But Chapman doesn't want that, right? Because he's 29 going on 30. So is it possible? Is there a world, Joel, where $26 million one year rebuild your value exists? Because, man, that's the dream. Like, don't get me wrong. It, it would not excite this fan base at all. But, my God, talking about shoring up some of the question marks with this team, man. I Chapman, Chapman, I think he had 52 RBIs last year, not many runs scored. But, weirdly enough, I'm still sitting here terrified of losing his bat. I know. Right? I'm terrified to lose a, a guy who has 20, 25 home run power in his bat last year. You saw in April that if he was April all year long, he would have probably put up a 13 war and been the greatest baseball player to ever put up a season. Yes. Right. Like that would have been, (laughs) he would have maintained that April. And so if you can sit down and convince him, listen, if you can tap into that April for more than one month this year, you're going to come out of a one year deal worth a boatload of money. And Mm -hmm. One year is the only way that you're going to sign 150 unless you go back into the time machine and accept the $150 million that Oakland. That's the thing, Joel. So is it worth it? Like just, and I, I, you don't need to answer right this second, but just think about it. Cause I am curious on your thoughts is if you're Matt Chapman and your only offer is four years, 80 mil. Do you take a one year, $26 million deal and roll the dice that you can yeah, because, rebuild your value a little bit. Because I mean, next year outside of Alec Bregman, it's not like the third base market's that hot next year either. I feel like four years, 80 million, he can get at 30 going to 31. Yeah. Right. So why not take a stab at making it six years, 140, 50 with a good, deal. And that's the thing, right? Like that's, he wants at that age. He's at that age where the George Springer deal is probably still very much attainable. I just don't think it is this year. I think that this is why no. the this is why I think Cody Bellinger's in kind of a similar boat, dude. Um, I can't see a team. I think this is I think the Boris Corp is, you know, obviously they're holding a a, a strong front here and a, a strong face, but I think that like, man, the term they want for these guys, it's not out there. I think the Correa contract last year is really playing to these kind of moments now where uh, Passon was like adamant that this guy's going to sign a 12 year, $350 million deal. And then the physicals go down. He fails two of them, three. I can't even remember how many. And you're sitting there like the decline could happen tomorrow. And it did. Mm -hmm. Correa was shell of himself on a, $200 $200 million six-year deal. And yeah, man. you have to look at, you are know, like, well, signing it. I, you need some, you need some consistency. You need, uh, and it, you can, you can find consistency in one consistent year, right? If he puts up a consistent 780, 790 OPS, hits 25 home runs, knocks in 85 runs, then he puts that value back up. If he does it over the course of the, entire season as opposed to peaking so massively at the beginning yeah. and then batting a buck 80 for the rest of the way. That's what people saw. They, they saw the last five months mm-hmm. and 
now what you want to do is put a taste in the, their mouth of like, oh, I can put a consistent six months of not exceptional baseball, but just really good baseball and let my glove. Career average numbers, dude. And he would totally yeah. put value. He put, totally put that six year 150 back on his back. Like if he just puts up career numbers again, you and know, it's like though where we can't, the, a lot of the problem I feel was in our incon, incomplete lineup construction last year, which I've just been baffled in the, not only the players that we seek out, but the way that we put them in the lineup, the expectations that we have for them to produce in the four hole, you mm -hmm. know, or five hole where Chapman and Varsho were sitting four or five for a big chunk of last year. And you're like, those guys have, if we're going to be competitive, those guys have no business sitting at that part of the line. Like this is, you do you guys understand what a four hole hitter is because we used to, have, we had, a, we had a guy on this team with 120 RBIs that you shipped out for a reliever. And I, RBIs is such an old man yelling at cloud stat. Yeah. It is not. It is not. Yeah. There are guys on base. When, if you get a hit here, you are going to change the game. And I want players on the team with that mentality who strive for those moments, who lick their lips at the opportunity to hit a ball in the gap with two runners on yeah. the board. And that is that is not something that you can quantify by just looking at OPS. Oh, this guy's got an 850 OPS. It'll be great. And that's but no, he bats 220 and he's got a high on base. And when he occasionally hits the ball, he slugs it. But he can't yeah. run when he does. It's just like Stop looking at that singular number like it's the answer. Dude, like, I will fucking lose my mind if this team doesn't have a cleanup hitter again this year. Like, enough, okay? This isn't the Edmonton Oilers where you just fucking have a bad goaltender and bad defense for 20 years and just continually, like, let yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> stop making the same mistakes. Like, we yes. need a fucking cleanup hitter. Like, yes. it is so... We they did they needed one last year and they didn't bring one in. They thought it would cover itself and it didn't. And now they're going to roll it back. And it's all the people wanted. It's all the people wanted. We got yeah. all the young, and we released yeah. him. And it's just like Bellinger might be an overpay. Okay, the, you mm -hmm. you look at Bellinger and you're like that that could be a risk. But you know what? Not getting a four hole hitter is a hell of a big risk. And the, you're on you're on the hot seat right now. You Shapiro Atkins have to win. They have to get this team past a round of the playoffs. It's it's you've got the fan base wondering if we're going to be in third or fourth this year. Yeah, and and they have to be in the playoffs. Yes, or they're gone. Yeah, they're gone now. There's, it's not yeah. about their contract. They're gone now if they're not in the yeah. playoffs this year. And the fan yeah. base thinks fourth. So it's just yeah. like. Go get Bellinger. If he shits the bed, you're out anyway. Yeah. You're gone anyway. So get him. If he he puts up an 850 and 860 OPS, you've got your four-hole hitter. You've got your first baseman when Vladdy's tired. You've got a center fielder when you want more offense. If you swing and miss, you're going to lose out anyways, and you're going to be gone. Yeah. You better Agreed. do something. You better bring and in And I thought, like I thought Joel that – they were going to go full Anthopolis this trade deadline. I knew that there weren't bats out there. I knew that they'd have to grossly overpay, but it felt like he was on the hot seat and should have been doing that then. And honestly, dude, I still think had they gone out and freaking got a guy who could hit cleanup, 
they wouldn't have been swept by the twins and only scored two freaking runs. You know, exactly. I, like, I totally agree. There's, there's, yeah. I, I also believe, and I have believed from the beginning that Vladdy's fall off is because he's trying to do too much now. Is because he doesn't mm-hmm. believe in the guy who's behind him. He doesn't believe that that, that guy's going to be able to do it. So he better smash the hell out of this pitch. And if he doesn't, then the guy behind him is not going to do anything. And that it's interesting. Vladdy's staying in Dunedin this year. That's the first year he's done that. He's always gone home to DR. And I, I'm really curious to see what comes in 2024 for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. My friend, because I know like both of us love him so much. Like he just, the talent is, Oh yeah. It's so rare to see a guy with that much talent. And I just would love to see him put it back together. Another reason, like if you look at him, it seems like he's doing the weight thing again. It seems like he's very focused on getting his body into the most athletic shape that it can be in. It was a weight thing, dropping weight before. Um, and the the shift, weirdly enough, to third base to first base ignited that that offense. I'm not saying that mm-hmm. shifting, him back, shifting him back to third base may... Do that. Do the same too. thing. Who knows, man? And the, the the other aspect of him going to third base is we have never seen this body type that he has now playing third. We saw the 260 Vladdy playing third. We saw the big, yeah. massive, overweight, not caring Vladdy at third. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. he has dropped the weight. I feel like he moves better. His range, uh, Adam brought up his range at first. I think you throw that away when you throw him to third because he's just looking to make a dive on on things that's in his range it's 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 very the hot corner is very much a spot where you make the plays that are kind of where you're located it's very much Mm -hmm. line drives every ball comes to you so quickly because you're at the hot corner there's so many righties so they're all trying to pull everything comes to third base so quickly so it's really about managing you know three, four feet to yeah. your left, three, four feet to your right, as opposed to having that insane range into the hole that a shortstop or a second baseman needs behind the bag, right? So I yeah. really, I, I'm, I still, and and the other thing that I had said was that if Vladdy plays, if you give him a partial amount of games to get comfortable with the spot, you give him all of spring training to learn it this year, all of spring training to learn it next year, Maybe he goes to the Dominican Republic to play some winter ball after the season this year and plays more third base. You get some reps in so that in his 2025 season, his last his year, walk before, year, if he's playing competent third base defensively, then his war shoots up too. His value yes. shoots up incredibly. And, yeah. and you're saying to him, listen, we made you a more valuable player to everyone. Yeah. Okay. And that's, we wanted to do that for you because you have the choice of where you wanted to stay, but now your value is increased. We still want you to stay here more than anything. We could have kept you at first base and drop your value and then moved you after we signed you, but we did it to increase your value. We did it for you. We care about you. And that says a lot to the player. Right. Yeah, and agreed. So, and I think he wants it. I really think you see him over there in that, whatever that was, that fun softball game. He's over yeah. short. Playing he's short, loving it. Yeah. Over. You know, yeah. so I'm 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 for it. I'm for it. All right, Joel, I could talk Blue Jays with you literally all day. Um, 
let's talk some around the horn here before I need to leave in like 10 minutes. Oh, um, no, don't. I, I, you got me off the rails real quick. It was not a, a tricky thing to do. Um, okay. So let's talk the scene that's got to get written here. Right. And that's what you were saying is like one of the scenes that we should do is, is one where it's announcing Brooke and Jake as the, the, the GM the and managers on them, right? Type mm-hmm. thing, you know. And what I envisioned too was like cuts to, and I don't know what those cuts to because we don't want to rip it off completely. But you know the scene in Major League when they're showing all the um, players that had made the team in the paper, and everyone's reading yes. the paper, and it's just like a cut of like, who the fuck are these guys, right? And yeah. it's like good goes to the grounds crew and they're like, they're shitty. Right. And it's just like that, (laughs) you know, like I kind of envisioned that sort of idea. Right. Of like Jake Horn is our manager. Right. Like, you know, like who the fuck is this chick? 26. Like, you know, like exactly. Just that. Yeah. Yeah. Just that. Cause um, I also envisioned it being funny too. Right. Like that scene. Cause I'm guessing you're, you want to write it so that it, it can be like a trailer type of thing or like a, uh yeah it, it almost yeah. maybe like um what you're describing but imagine imagine jake and brooke going to work in the morning and just imagine them both cutting between the two of them as they wake up the news is on sports center uh jake goes to get a a, a, a coffee and a newspaper and they're talking about it around like you're hearing those conversations Jake fucking Horn is managing us. We kick, we just we kick the shit out of him in the World Series. What the hell do we want yeah. him here for? You know. Yeah. And 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 um, they're hearing it like they're they're hearing shit being talked everywhere they go, and yes. they're trying to you know like Jake's trying to like put his sunglasses on, and not be noticed. And- I love this. I love the the I like I I like the idea of showing both of their morning too because I think it would be funny. And I think it's on brand for Jake to like not be excited about it. He wakes up hungover. He he grabs a rag and he's wiping under, you know, he's putting on yeah. an old blazer or something. And Brooke is like literally up at 4.30 a.m. And she's like making sure everything is immaculate and perfect and her makeup's perfect and her outfit is perfect. And Jake's like scratching his balls and, pulling on an old pair of jeans, right? Where he could even show up and she could be like, that's what you're wearing? Like, <laughs> And then she like, she goes somewhere in the stadium to dress him. Yeah. You know, she I knows where there's somebody she else. She knows she has a suit for him. She knows she can't yeah. trust him. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm, I'm wondering if, like all the lockers are cleared out clearly and stuff. It would be just interesting if like, um, you're like, oh, uh, Alvarez always keeps his stuff here in the off season. You're about his size and they go to his locker and there's a suit there and it's like looking at it oh i don't yeah. know a big suit's better than no suit you know and it's, yeah it's i like, love it i love it he goes in with too big on him that's so funny man i love that idea yeah no i th- that that makes you know and 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 it plays to the idea that she has to babysit him that seems very parental and yeah. it's it's somebody who's younger than you and and a female so it's just these two elements that like you know a younger woman is putting me together right now and then we're gonna go on and then she's gonna get more of the talking points you know I'm gonna yeah during the press conference and like 90 percent of the questions are gonna be sent to the 
the first first female GM because this is history. And my moment is kind of overshadowed by that also. Yeah. My, my, you know, I'm a manager. This means something. I always wanted to be a manager. I thought I'd be a great manager. But my first job as a manager is, you know, I'm, I'm under the cloud of the first ever woman who, and, and I have no respect for this woman because I don't know her and I don't know what she can do yet. And um, I just you like know those what an ongoing, I, I love that by the way. Uh, you know what an ongoing joke I was thinking would be kind of a funny thing to constantly do is when Jake Horn is announced as the manager, all of the players can be like, Jake Horn, didn't he retire like three years ago? And he can keep being like, I literally played you in the World Series in November. Like, <laughs> Did you get a hit? Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, I don't even I remember walk. you. I got walked once. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. That's really funny. I took a walk. I took a walk. Funny. Two walks. Yeah. <laughs> and I got hit by a pitch. Uh, didn't get a hit, though. That's probably why I don't remember you. You're wearing a mask. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. You never got on base. You didn't get a hit, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, that's um that, that's fine. I think um now now I don't know where we necessarily need to put it because you can do you can sign somebody on uh you know publicly let it be known that we've signed somebody and then four or five days later you do the press conference where the official like Yamamoto just did it, I think yesterday yeah. or the day before, right? Yeah. And so it could be a situation where like I know we need to do that scene. It doesn't necessarily mean that episode two needs to start that scene. Like right. they can go off on their they can go off and do a, an episode of of uh, scouting and then they can come mm. back and it's gonna be you know, we're going to have the press conference to introduce you. You know, that could be episode three, how episode three starts. Maybe, you know, it, it I, but I just really feel like that'll be, I, I was going to start working on the, on the scouting stuff. And I was like, wait, no, they need to be introduced to the fan base. You know, yes. that is, that is a thing that is, and literally yeah. every, that, that has to be a staple of the show is every new player that comes in, you get that little moment with the press where the press is asking questions they really get to dive into who that new player and and Brooke gets the opportunity to do the Atkins thing. Say as yes. much as she wants to, say as much as she's allowed to. And, yes. and you see her put on this, I'm not allowed to tell you face, but she can't say that. So she has to say that she has to throw yes. the company line with words. So that'll be fun to be able to see what, you know, what they say and then jake's like is that what you actually think and it's like no jake i know how to be professional in front of cameras yeah i can't believe you at 40 still don't know how to do that <laughs> please shave tomorrow we're gonna be like please shave tomorrow yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> pretend pretend like you're on the EA, okay please shave yeah. tomorrow you know and uh it just it, it feels like that dynamic is is going to be just so fun to work with and yeah then i think so too buddy and the uh, I have um, two actors coming in on Friday. Um, Amazing. Actors, these are just, I, I really have this, I, I showed you Judd before. He's the yeah. mustache. Yeah. And he was out of live feed. I would have to say he was one of the best actors, period. But he got picked up on a show called The Blacklist. And then he went to New York and then he was doing theater and he got picked up for all these jobs. So he couldn't do live feed, but he's a super baseball fanatic. Whenever he's Amazing. not, 
Yeah, whenever he's not acting, he just goes to Shea or uh, and he's the guy you had pegged for uh, Brooks' dad, right? Yeah, yes, Tom. Nice and perfect. And then I have the girl that I like for the Brooke part. These aren't these aren't cemented, right? These are just the Mm -hmm. really feel these two for the these two specific roles. I I when it comes to the owner Jake um jose camilla all of these actors i have no idea who anyone would be i don't have any actors in mind for any of these characters yeah i just have um and i have one in mind for brooke not guaranteed that they're going to get the roles at all yeah but i just i have a out of all the casting and stuff that i've done over the last two years i'm, I'm pulling these two actors because I, I i think they would be rather strong especially in the temp episode if a produ- if a production company comes along and goes you know we need um i don't know keanu reeves i don't know i get yeah. keanu reeves he's a good yeah. he played hockey. yeah you're right if someone comes in and they're like hey we have a superstar in mind we'll be like oh <laughs> yeah that's the way you have to play it right and then you just move your actors into reoccurring yeah. roles and they have to take yes. that bullet but at this point yeah. putting together a temp episode and it's truly something that I'm putting money together to shoot because I don't want, I want it. I I have a vision of it in my head. I've got a really great director. He feels like we could shoot in April for about 60 grand. And I have that money pretty much put together already. I have to cut up some pieces of the pie, but there's a good chance that come mid April, we might be in Atlanta shooting. Uh, man, that would be incredible. I um, I actually wrote another. It's funny. I've got all these scenes and ideas written down here. I, I final draft. I've I've kind of pretty much figured it out. And uh, the rule was two um, two visuals, one sound. Yeah, that's just a, a very basic. And just basic, but... basic, 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 basic. Yeah, yeah, yeah perfect. Just double check. And Eventually... I, I do have it all written down. Like I just yeah. Eventually, you'll get to a point where you just what what you see and hear in your head, you'll just articulate. Yeah. You don't have to put yeah. two or one, or it could just be sounds. And he, Man, he wakes up. I so appreciate something. you taking the time to like fill us in like a you know we're just a couple fucking rookies like i it, it means a lot man but uh i do have these scenes and i will upload it for you because i would i really want you to go over it, joel and just kind of let me know if i'm in on the right path i feel like i am i i like yes. we're, we've talked enough I, about it where i'm like i'm writing these characters and i'm like yeah joel this is what he wants like this is what we're doing like yeah yeah so. you don't have to worry about any of the formatting or any of the delivery of a screenplay you don't have to worry about any of those things i'm here mm-hmm. i know those things like the back of my head when it yeah. comes to writing the finalized version of the script i will make sure that it's so just just you know lead with your heart fly by the seat of your pants i've got your back and i don't yeah. really think any of those formatting things really matter we're a hundred years into film. There's no set way of doing this shit. Let's not yeah. pretend like this, is, you know, a book. Books have been established for a very long time. Theater has been established for a long time. You go yeah. to your uh, small game though. Okay. You gotta run. Okay. okay. Thank you so much, Joel. We'll talk no real soon. Uh, sure will. Glad to hear Triggered is still right where it should be, even if you oh, had right. a little panic Absolutely. episode. <laughs> Absolutely. Just... All right. You always just need to calm people down sometimes, especially over the holidays and when you start a new year. Happy New Year to everybody out there. Happy, Happy New, new year. year. Enjoy Catel Marte. Enjoy all those Thank amazing you. players that you get to see having fun and have a have a great day. You too, buddy. Take care.